Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we get started with this week's show, just a quick announcement. Yellow Card has partnered with Away Days Football, which makes original and high-quality football-inspired clothing for the casual looking for something to wear to matches. Use the code YELLOWCARD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order at awaydaysfootball.com. And on a personal note, if you haven't tried the mystery kit yet, um, you should. You won't be disappointed. So uh, go to awaydaysfootball.com, use checkout code YELLOWCARD, and get 15% off your entire order. All right, thanks for listening. And now, here's the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. We don't lose a match, either we win or we learn. And today we learn. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that you found something to enjoy from that Burnley match because the football probably wasn't it. And for that matter, neither was the weather. Um, maybe the beer you had before or after was worth it or the friends you saw along the way. Maybe just a conversation you had with somebody uh, did it for you. But um, I have to say that's what that's what made my Saturday is the conversation that I had uh, with Dan Jarvis, who you can find on Twitter at Dan Jarvis SFC 91 and on Instagram at rather be a scummer than a skate 91. Uh, we had a conversation about the match, of course, because that's why we're here. But we also had a talk about what him and his dad, Steve, who you can find on Twitter at Steve Jarvis SFC seven um, have been doing, whether it's raising money for blind veterans or animal shelters or doing the 92 or just supporting saints. Uh, we talk about all of that on this week's episode, and it's a pleasure to be able to have Dan back. I do speak a little bit during the episode about the conversation that I had with Dan and Steve uh, way back in the first year of the podcast, and it still stands out as one of my favorite podcast episodes uh, that I have ever had the pleasure of recording, one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had the pleasure of doing. So uh, I do speak about that. The link is also uh, there in the show notes. But the more important stuff is Dan and Steve are, are in the middle of doing the 92. They're almost there. They're on 86 and 84 stadiums each, and uh, they are attempting to raise some money. So the links are in the show notes to the Just Giving page, which I would encourage you to go and visit uh, if you are interested, and uh, also links to the two charities that will be getting the money, uh, Blind Veterans and uh, the Animal Shelter in Southampton. So um, anyway, let's get to the conversation. Uh, we didn't win at Burnley. Burnley did the double over us, uh, but at least Danny Ings scored a goal even though he probably could have prevented one also. So we'll talk about all that. Let's jump into it now. As always, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the other side. So we'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Dan Jarvis. You can find him on Twitter at Dan Jarvis SFC 91 and on Instagram at rather be a scummer than a skate 91. Dan, uh, I'm sorry to, uh, to bring you on the show after what we just saw, uh, and this is only a couple of hours removed, but at least now you're dry uh, and we're, we're warm inside and we're having this conversation. So uh, welcome back to the show and thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Thanks, thanks, for, um, thanks for having me on. Obviously, uh, yeah, shame it couldn't have been in, in better circumstances, but there we are. That's, that's football. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Like we can't, we can't control that. We can only control kind of, uh, I guess, how we react to it. and. 
Um, I've, I think I've reacted. Okay. I haven't yelled at anybody yet. Um, so we'll see how the rest of the day goes. It's still early. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but obviously, uh, an early kickoff today, uh, coming back from the winter break and, uh, we did have the shortest winter break and all of that stuff. We, we've kind of covered, covered that, but, um, I mean, the weather was not kind to anybody, but I, I guess, were you glad that we played early rather than late? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind the early kickoff too, um, too much to be honest with you. Cause I mean, it, it means by the time you get home, you know, you've still got a fair portion of the day left, um, sort of relax, watch the late game, settle down with a few beers, ready for match of the day, that, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, quite happy with the, um, with the early kickoff, but yeah, the conditions were absolutely abysmal. And yeah, as the, uh, Leicester home game earlier in the season highlighted, we seem to be having some problems with, um, dealing with those kind of conditions this season. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, and this is going to rub people the wrong way, but like, you know, you talk to some of the northerners and they say that some of the people are soft and here the <laughs> weather is, is proving that, uh, maybe, maybe right. But I don't, I don't want to, I might have to cut that out of the show. I'm not sure that should stay in, but, um, that's just what some people that I've talked to from the North have told me. I live in California. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Um, I, I have no, the easiest, the nicest weather of everybody. So I won't say, I won't, I won't, I won't make another mention of it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm quite jealous. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's true. Um, and really obviously Burnley from about as North as you could get, um, yeah. those conditions, you know, that's perfect Burnley football weather, isn't it really? To be honest with you. It, it plays into the way they play as well. You know, um, lots of long balls, lots of stuff like that. And that's not to, I, no, it, it is. It is taking a shot at them. That's fine. I'll, I'll leave it. I, mean, I was going to say try to be nice, but I'm not going to because that was. Uh, it hurts to watch watch what happened, especially. Um, you know, obviously the early kickoff is 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 noon for for you, uh, twelve thirty actually, and that means it's it's four thirty a.m. for for me. So about the time their goal went in, I was I was going to have a sip of coffee, and I almost just said like, you know what, we'll just we'll just do this in a couple of hours, and I'll just go back to bed. But I I didn't. Um, and I, and I saw, you know, I was rewarded with about 20 minutes of good football, I think. And then, and then the second half happened. So, uh, we'll get in, we'll get into all that but before we do any of that. Um, you had, you had quite a morning. You had to, what times you wind up getting uh, down to the ground, you and you and your dad down there, you had something a little different going on this morning, uh, prior to the match, correct? Yes, yes, yes. So it's a bit unique. We, um, we got to the, um, well, we park up the train station. So we were there, at, um, it was about 10. Um, so good two, two and a half hours before kickoff. Um, and yeah, we, we met up with, um, a guy from, uh, the Guardian newspaper, um, who, um, he basically interviewed us. Um, we went around to a coffee place. Um, he interviewed us. He's, uh, he's basically going to run a piece on us. Um, it's going to feature in the, in the paper shortly. Um, sort of covering, um, my dad's story, our, our story together. Um, you know, kind of every, right from the beginning, really, um, from obviously, my, dad, my dad's love of saints and losing his sight right up to, you know, present time, us, us following saints everyone and sort of doing all the 92 um, clubs as well. So, yeah, hopefully that, that should be pretty good. Yeah. And if people aren't kind of familiar with, with you and your dad, um, I think most, most listeners will be, but you, you basically commentate to your dad for most of the matches you guys go and see, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, it happens quite frequently. At home, he, because um, Saints quite uh, quite good, they lay on audio descriptive commentary. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I get a reprieve. Um, <laughs> yeah, it gives me a little, little break and it's always good for the people around me as well, fellow fans that don't have to hear my whiny voice waffling on all game. Um, but yeah, no sort of away games through the years where quite often we'll be given um, this. It's hard to um, describe, but it's always this one radio that we get presented by the club that we're visiting. And I just look at it and I think, oh no, we've got problems today, Dad. Because yeah. it's always the type of radio that fails us. And it, time and time again, it will cut out or, you know, just fail and I'll have to jump in and, and do it. It's a pleasure. I enjoy doing it. So yeah, I, I don't know why I'm saying it in a moany tone. It's... Yeah, it's fun. I'm I'm glad I'm able to do it. So, but yeah, no, I've um I've certainly done that and had some odd looks from you know onlookers over the years, thinking why why is he, you know, why is he describing the game? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it is at this point, you know, you've done it for a really long time, and it's it's it, I imagine the the piece and and I think what we talked about the first time you guys were on, and there there's there's now something that's there that you guys have this kind of bond where you know you, you show up to matches together, you 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 have this kind of thing where where each and every time it's it's this this special kind of thing because it's you it's you two and saints together and i think i don't know i always i look fondly on on i look back on the, our first conversation that we had um and i i still that's one of the that's one of my my most favorite episodes that i've ever recorded 
Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you now. I'm saying that that uh, in truth, like that is one of the, the my most favorite things that I've heard and the best stories that that come. Um, you know, uh, this is a, a podcast about football, but the the best stories are, are about the fans, and and you two always stand out to me. So it's it's really nice to to be able to talk to you again, and and it's nice that somebody else is going to get to kind of sit, hear the story and and uh, maybe share a little bit of what you and your dad do. So um, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm stoked on that. But um, I was going to ask you uh, not to jump in, but yeah, I was going to ask you how close to the '92 are you now? Because uh, I know you guys try to get away as often as possible, but how close are you guys getting? Yes, yes. So we are we're we're pretty close now, actually. Um, closer than I think we thought we'd ever get. Um, so I am I'm on eighty six. Um, so and I mean currently I don't quite know because I mean it's probably I mean me and Dad were talking about this earlier, thinking that I mean realistically it's probably going to be by the end of the calendar year um, that we'll have done it. That's that's the target. Okay. Um, cause I've always said that I wanted to do it for, before I'm 30, which is next January. Um, <laughs> so you got to do so, it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got all the incentive. Um, so yeah, I've got, I'm on 86. Dad is 84. Um, cause he missed, oh, this is going like 10 years ago when we we're in league one, he missed a couple of games, um, league one championship when I went and watched saints of my own. Um, and so we, but I'm trying to get him back level with me. So last weekend, for example, we went to Colchester. Um, I did that way back with saints. Dad didn't. So we got that in. Um, and he's also got to do Barnsley and Oldham, which I've already done. Okay. Um, but yeah, so those two, um, to get him on par with me. And then yeah, obviously at the moment, I, I don't quite know how they're going to do it because obviously with, um, the demise of the Berry, it's currently standing at 91. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know with sort of the, the pyramid in this country, whether they're going to try and, you know, rejig it. So it is 92 again next season or, or how they're going to play it, to be honest. Um, they might have to change the hashtag to 91. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to say, I heard something, I could be wrong that, that only, maybe one one less team will go down oh uh, that makes sense but yeah i i, I could be wrong because that's that's i think i heard that on, on football weekly i think but that, that yeah. also could have been somebody just saying that so uh take that with a grain of salt but i um, yeah. so I, i'm guessing you didn't get up to see them prior to them kind of going under then uh no sadly not no it's a shame i would have i would have liked to have gone there as well it's um yeah i'm just you know i'd love to see them sort of um well, almost like be reborn as a Phoenix club, which happens sometimes because it's yeah. just it's horrible to think that, you know, the fans up there that have supported that club for so many years have now got nobody follow. It's, it should never happen. Not, not with the amount of money in, in the game this day and age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of the places you have to see are not, I mean, you don't have a lot to see, but they, I imagine they're the ones, you know, reaching pretty far north then cause just because it's they're harder to get to or, or are they kind of spread around the country a little bit? No, you're absolutely spot on. Um, no disrespect to anyone listening from these areas, but they, they even sound pretty depressing to be fair. They, um, <laughs> they, they, they are a long way up. Um, for example, off the top of my head, I can think of Scunthorpe, uh, Grimsby, Morecambe, Fleetwood. I think, what's the other one I'm missing? But that's yeah, that's that's a that's a number of them. That's nearly all of them. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, a bit of a bit of a way up. Um, trying to play in it, trying to play it safe because I mean we've been thinking about Morecambe, but then looking at the table, they're looking like they might actually go out of the football league. Okay. Um, so I'm sort of thinking maybe dodge that one for now because they might go and then you know see see yeah exactly. See so yeah, you never know, but. Probably won't work that way. We'll probably have to trek for miles. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe you can get it where one of them's going to play on Saturday, one's going to play on Sunday, and they're at least you know somewhat near each other. You can you can knock it out in a in a, in a weekend maybe, but that maybe doesn't yeah. work either because it depends on when Saints play and everything else. So exactly, uh, yeah, that, that's the problem. That that would be perfect. Like um, take Grimsby and Scunthorpe for example. They're literally like half an hour apart. Um, so that that you know it's, it would be pretty frustrating to have to drive back to that exact exact same spot. <laughs> twice yeah um, but what could probably be nil nils you never know that that's sort of how football seems to happen in funny ways sometimes yeah yeah um and going along with with this and then the the article um you you set up a just giving page to help kind of raise some money for a couple of um a couple of places and one of them is, is blind veterans and and um you just want to fill us in on on kind of what that is and and where people can go if they're, if they're and the, we'll put the link in the show notes but um, what people can donate to if they're interested? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I just um, sort of, as, as we're um, obviously reaching the end of our goal um, about a week or two ago, I just thought, you know, it'd be nice to, um, obviously we're, we're getting a lot out of it personally, but it'd be nice to sort of support um, a couple of organisations that have done a lot for, well, for my dad really, and therefore they, they obviously mean a lot to me. Um, so yeah, particularly Blind Veterans have been fantastic. They they look after um, ex-military um my dad was in the army um those military that are affected by sight loss um so just an incredible organization they're um center down in brighton dad's visited quite a lot um they've uh helped him um in so many ways sort of living skills they've they've taken him on a trip over to italy skiing they've taken him cycling at the velodrome in london just so you know so many things they've gone above and beyond and really sort of given him you know some great memories and a real um, sense of independence, really, and, and being. So, yeah, that's that's the first one. Um, and then the rest of the proceeds um, are, are going to go to the uh, the Blue Cross Animal Shelter. Um, they uh, set us up last year. We, we've always had dogs. Um, they've always been great for Dad, sort of, in terms of getting out of the house. Um, Again, another uh, aspect of freedom, if you if you will. Um, and they they hooked us up with a, a little French bulldog last year. Um, and yeah, she's been fantastic. Just just the right fit for for him. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to you know sort of recognise that and help them in any way that I can as well. So yeah, I've I've contacted um, all, all the 92 football clubs. The majority have been fantastic. I've you know, I mean, literally in my room now, I've got shirts looking at me from Mansfield, Rochdale and Nottingham Forest all fully signed that I'm, I'm going to auction off. I've got items coming from other clubs, Man City, Liverpool, West Brom, Cardiff, Luton. They'll, they'll also all be, all um, you know, auctioned off and all proceeds going to the, to the charities. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, I also set up a, a Just Giving page just to try and maximize the fundraising effort, really. Sure, sure. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's awesome because it's, as you said, the what you guys are getting out of it, the the chance to see kind of all that stuff, the chance to see the country kind of multiple times and spend that time together and, and kind of tackle this. But there's also been a lot of other things that, that go into your dad's life that uh, after losing his sight that, um, you know, that have, have meant a lot to him and. And to be able to give back and hopefully, you know, pass it on to somebody else, I think is, uh, is it, it's very, I mean, it's super, it's very good of you. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, it's just, it's, it's probably what should be done by more people more often. And sometimes it's easy just to get caught up and, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing the 92 and this is great. And now it's, um, hopefully you're going to give somebody else a chance to do something that they uh, really want to do. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. So links to all those things are in the show notes for people to, uh, to go view and, and give and, and whatever. And, and, and people can uh, check out the auction and stuff like that when they, when they happen. So um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, so your, your morning then was a little bit weird leading up to the match um, prior, you know, it may, we were talking earlier, they made you kind of strike a pose in front of a couple of things as people were getting into the match, but um, I'm glad you and you and dad made it, made it all right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great experience. They were, they were lovely people, as you touched upon there. It was, um, yeah, so after after we did the interview, which uh, lasted about an hour, we um, we walked up to the ground um, and we um, sort of crossing over the um, the railway bridge that leads um, sort of towards the, the northern stand. Um, and, yeah, we, we met up with, like, the Guardian's official photographer, um, and she wanted to do some shots of us. Um, and as I said, it was, you know, leading up to kick off, I don't know, maybe she was nearing midday, and she took so many photos. She was lovely, um, but, yeah, it was quite <laughs> quite mortifying, but there was thousands of Saints fans, and me and Dad were being asked to pose and do all these, you know, do these weird things. I just thought they must think we look like absolute, you know, what's, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, I just let me get inside and get a beer. Now I am stressed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's hopefully the out of all of the thousands, it felt like that she took, hopefully one's going to be good enough or maybe she'll have to pixelate dad. Don't tell him that. <laughs> 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 well, well, hopefully he listens to this, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, he probably will now. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, you don't have to encourage it, but he finds it on his own. That, that's that's different. Exactly. That's just bad luck. <laughs> um, I, I did. I did want to say one thing before we we jumped in. Yesterday, we're recording on Saturday, just just a couple hours after the match. Um, Friday being Valentine's Day, your dad had a little bit of a mix up. Uh, 
with, with yeah. the Valentine's Day card. Is that, is, did I see that? Did I see that correctly? You did. Yeah. He, um, yeah, that's still, um, cracking me up. Um, yeah, just brilliant classic dad. So, um, it stood proudly on our mantelpiece in the living room, uh, as we speak. Uh, so he, um, so it's, uh, my mum's sister helped him, um, sort of with getting the cards for her. Um, it was obviously it'd be pretty difficult for him. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it's mum's birthday come up in March and, um, she thought, you know, two birds, one stone, yeah. I'll, um, I'll get both at the same time. So dad, rather than asking me to help him get the right one, thought he'd wing it, did so. And mum now has a birthday card downstairs and she'll be getting a Valentine's day card for her 60th. So yeah, <laughs> classic Steve Jarvis, basically. <laughs> oh man. Well, in, in, it, it was well, well meaning, you know, that's, I think it, it made me laugh when I saw it yesterday. So I oh, well, that, that's, that's all that matters. He, that'll, um, that'll mean a lot to him as well. He likes to make people laugh. So as long as he's been able to do that out of the, um, you know, rigmarole, he'll be, he'll be pretty chuffed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I hope you actually got into the match in time to get a beer and everything before, before kickoff, but, um, you know, at what point did you see the lineup for, for today? And were you, were you at all surprised by what you saw when, when you did see it? Um, yeah, no. So it was, it was quite late actually. It was sort of, um, I realized that, you know, time was ticking away and we were still hosing away and I was thinking, you know, I don't even know the lineups yet. So I, in between whilst she was, you know, going through all the millions of shots, I was like quickly got my phone out and read it to dad. Um, well, obviously, it surprised me somewhat. Um, didn't realise it was a, obviously the big omission, a couple of big omissions actually, with um, you know Bed Bednarek at the back, who I, I think I'm a big fan of his, and he's a really underrated centre back. Not not really um, widely spoken about, um, you know, amongst Premier League fans, but you know I think you certainly notice when he's not there, which pretty much says everything. Um, and then obviously the the creativity of Redmond due to his injury as well which was a concern. I was happy to see, you know, the, the recent addition, Walker Peters, get included. Um, but then, you know, with, with the injuries, um, I guess really uh, you can sort of see with the moves he made and why he did. Um, but, yeah, no, it was obviously a bit concerning when I saw the, the glaring omissions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Initially, when, as soon as I saw Redmond was out, I, it, was, it took a second just to figure out and find out it was an injury yesterday during training, which is always, you know, that's not what you want. Um, it seems like, and especially going into this run of the season where now it's just going to be one, one game a week, but you want, you want Redmond who's been pretty consistent in the lineup um, each and every week. And, you know, it, to not have him is, is it, I think it hurts a little bit. Um, and then to have Vestergaard in, that was, I think that to me was the biggest shock of it all is I read somewhere that, that it was potentially because he thought Vestergaard was better on the ball than Bednarak. And we, we, I knew we were going to have a lot of it today, but I always just think that Vestergaard is maybe just a little bit too too slow, even on the ball. You know, uh, he can pass, but um, I don't know. I was a little that that's the one that I think that shocked me the most. Um, once you figure out that the Redmond one was an injury, yeah, and no, I completely agree with that. I mean, I think the the running joke is that uh, Vestergaard has he pretty much has the turning circle of the Titanic. Yeah. Um. He. Yeah. No. I mean, I I was. Harking, you know, when, when I found out the news, I was harking back to the, the you know, the opening game of the season at Burnley. I thought a, a lot of the reason why we um, sort of fell apart out there was I don't like to single players out, but I thought he was particularly poor that day, constantly caught out. And for his height, even today, the amount of times that he lost aerial, you know, duels with Jay Rodriguez, it was pretty concerning when you think, you know, he's like nine foot tall. Yeah. Um, it's just it's really hard. I don't understand, and and I mean, you know, in 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 the January window, he was heavily linked with Leicester, and I I was quite shocked by that, in in all honesty, because you know he struggles to get on our side, let alone you know the team doing that well. It was yeah, I, I mean maybe it was just you know just rumours, transfer talk, but yeah, it's it's odd. Yeah, no, it did. It doesn't make sense to me, um, and I think you know, kind of like you, I don't want to single players out all the time, but it, it maybe. I wouldn't have been heartbroken had he left. Um, but that's, that's probably rude to say and, and everything else, but that is what it is. And to see him come in today and then not, I wasn't really that impressed with his, his play today. I thought uh, kind of the same thing as you mentioned, um, you know, losing, losing Hendricks to Jay Rodriguez is not something I would have, I would have wanted any of our center backs to do, especially the guy who's supposed to be, you know, he, he's the biggest dude on the pitch. He should be, he should be kind of winning those things. And um, I saw some other people say, you know, once, uh, 
I think it was Wood that had to be hauled off early. Once he was off, you know, Vestergaard should have come off because that was supposed to be his kind of kind of job. But uh, anyway, I, I, we we don't even need to blame Vestergaard for um, you know the first goal because we just made a mess of that right from the beginning of the game. Yeah, um, yeah, it was bizarre. Um, obviously, uh, my dad and I we're we're in the northern, um, and yeah, it was it was really really confusing. One of the more bizarre goals that I've seen in all the years that I've been going to watch games. Um, you know, initially, I think many thought that it was going to get ruled out because um, sort of Ben Mee wheeled away celebrating and then sort of there was a silence and they sort of come to a stop. And yeah, that was odd, really odd. I mean, I haven't really seen a replay, if I'm honest with you. Um, but I led to believe um, that the, the wind played a role. Um, but yeah, no, it was, you know, we should have cleared our, our lines before it got anywhere near where it did. Um, and it was just, yeah, really pathetic way to begin a game, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, Westwood takes that corner, and that's it. It goes in. Uh, that's right. Ings, Ings looks like he's coming for it, decides not to. He just kind of moves back out of the way. McCarthy is behind the line, kind of behind the post, and the ball, I mean, when McCarthy palms it out, the, the, the ball is already crossed the line. It's already a goal. Um, so, so me, even though I thought he scored because he wheeled away like he did, um, yeah. the, the goal was given to Westwood right away, but it's just if you when you do watch the replay, um, just watch Danny Ings because he puts his head on his hands immediately. He knows he's made a mistake, and he just needs to head the ball out of bounds and do it again, yeah. you know, um, or head it head it away and just just you know let let everything just kind of clear out and and start over. But um, I don't know, I don't know what he heard or what he thought he heard, but it was just a disaster, and that's not at all how you want to start a game, especially because now you know Burnley are are not going to attack. They're just going to sit back and try to make you break them down. And, and that's probably not where Saints are best. Yeah, no, ex- exactly that. You know, it's it's hard enough playing a team against Burnley who, you know, no, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, dig into them. You, you play to your strengths at the end of the day. They've got a style of play if it's effective for them. Fair enough. Um, but, you know, we, we try to sort of play it a bit more, um, I like to think. Um, and if you, you know, you know, it's going to be a long day anyway, especially in those conditions that massively favor Burnley. Um, you know, it's hard enough to begin with without gifting them a one new advantage. Um, so, yeah, like, like you said, they they then had something to hold. Um, and it was always going to be very, very difficult after that beginning, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess just kind of moving uh, forward through the game, I thought that we responded well after that initial kind of setback, because that could have just been given the weather. I mean, uh, if you think back to the Leicester city game, similar weather, um, we go down early. We obviously, we didn't have a red card this, this time, but like it, it just could have been an implosion, but the team didn't do that. They were the much, I thought the much better side. I thought if I'm honest, like the first, the first half after that goal up until maybe, maybe 15 minutes left in the first half, we were by, we were just completely dominant. We just couldn't score, but we were completely dominant. Um, and then, and then we kind of faded a little bit and in the second half. I don't, I don't think we were that great, but, um, what was, what was it like for me? Like, what was the mood in the stands after that, that early goal, given the weather and everything else? Yeah, I think it was, as I said, because of the nature of the goal, it was pretty much disbelief. I don't think people could, you know, the majority of people, you know, just finished their point at the pub and got in. So I it wouldn't surprise me if you missed it, to be honest with you, but yeah, no, I, I didn't, although obviously they scored it. It was weird. It was, you know, because of all the commotion with the goal, it was almost as though we hadn't conceded. It was, yeah, really, really odd. But, you know, I was I was really um, optimistic after, like you say, I, I, I agree. I thought first half we were far superior. Um, you know, it was just actually sort of converting it um, into, converting our chances into more goals. Um, but, yeah, no, I, you know, we, we looked much the better team. I was really optimistic at the break that we'd go on and, you know, put them to the sword, really. Um, so obviously it wasn't to be, but you know, you know, first, first half in those conditions, I thought, I thought we had some bright moments. I thought Buffal, um, actually looked pretty bright, um, for a player that normally really only seems to show up when he comes on as a sub. I thought, uh, you know, he looked, he looked pretty up for it today. Um, looked one of our more dangerous players. Um, and it was a shame really that he had to obviously, um, limp up injured in the end because, I don't want to see, you know, what was going to come from him in the second half. Yeah, well, he he kept looking to get on the ball, and he is much more of a kind of a flair player than Armstrong is. And Armstrong has has been getting in the team recently, but Buffal gave him the chance to start because of the Redmond injury. Um, you know, he's trying to stake a claim. I think he's made some noise about uh, wanting to wanting more time, and and you know, 
Um, maybe he's not, maybe he's frustrated with, with the, the, the lack of, of starting time he's got, but he was really going after it today. And then, uh, as you said, the injury, uh, doesn't really, it doesn't help him at all. It doesn't really help us because Janapo is just different. He's, he, I think when Buffal is on the difference between him and Janapo, the, the inexperience kind of shows through a little bit. Um, even though I think Janapo is, is, is exciting to watch, uh, maybe just not quite the composure that Buffal has at, at times. Um, but, but he also didn't always have that. So maybe it, it'll come with Janapo with time, I think. But um, we finally do get back into it, uh, and it's Ings. And, and it, I wouldn't really expect it to be anybody else. Um, but, I mean, what did you make? Was that coming towards you in the first half or, or, or going away from you when he, um, you know, managed to, to strike that at the bottom corner? Uh, yeah, so that was, yeah. So, oddly, um, Burnley actually, um, they, they won the uh, pregame toss. Um, so, yeah, so it was actually... Um, which is quite rare. Um, it was at the other end up at the chapel because, uh, you know, when, when we win the toss, we were always electing to attack the Northern in the first half. But okay. yeah, at, at the opposite end, uh, just a, yeah, just a, I mean, what, what can you say? Just absolutely brilliant, brilliant strike. Uh, you know, Nick Pope, you know, <laughs> size of the goalkeeper, dives, the, you know, obviously dives inches away, but he got it right in that corner, you know, the precision on his effort was just sublime and, you know, no keeper in the world would have saved that because it was just postage stamp, just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant effort from Danny Ings. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that goal puts him on 18 goals total for the the year, including goals and in, in not in the Premier League and 15 for the Premier League season. Uh, a lot's been made of, of that even just after the match. The fact that we haven't had a Premier League goal scorer, uh, score that many goals since James Beattie. Um, he is now past Jay Rodriguez actually, uh, for you know, the most goals scored in a season by, by one player at Saints since we came back up to the premier league. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things that I was, I have, I have, uh, I think the Carl anchor influence that I just have too many spreadsheets, but I, I knew that was coming. And so I was kind of ready with, uh, you know, looking for it and waiting for it. And, and I'm glad he got it. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a goal that doesn't give us a win, but, uh, only, only the second of his, of his goals that has come from outside the area in the premier league, which, um, I guess you would expect that from him. Lots of goals inside the six yard box, a couple inside the 18 yard box, and then only two from, from outside the area. But I thought that strike was, was beautiful. I thought it was hit hard, hit low. Um, it, it was always, it was, it was never going to be saved. I don't think, I think Pope did everything he could, but that ball was just struck too well. Yeah, no, ex- exactly that. Um, as, as you said there, like I'll see them. He's a, he's a natural finisher, just a predator. Um, as you know, the majority of his goals are close to the goal. Um, but yeah, no, obviously with, with that strike goes to show that he's capable of you know, any type of goal, just his all around play. He's, he's just a fantastic footballer. We're, we're so fortunate to have him because his technical ability is yeah, right up there with the best I've seen. Um, you know, the, the amount of chances and that he create, creates himself just by, you know, chasing players, goalkeepers down, his work rate, tenacity, just yeah, you can rave about him endlessly. He's um, just a complete footballer, just brilliant. It's, it's so good to see that, you know, that, well, been been able to see what he's capable of now that he's thankfully um, remaining injury free. Yeah, I think that's going to be key. And I think now that we made it through the the kind of toughest run of fixtures in terms of the the time between in order to recover, I think he's made it through that point. So as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, he should be, I hope, I hope, fine uh, come the rest of the season. But uh, we'll 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 kind of have to see how how that all goes, of course. But um, I don't know. I just I I, I thought we played well. From once we were behind, and I thought that the only times we really looked nervous or anything like that is just when we kind of overplayed it, trying to play out of the back. And uh, Gay actually did give Burnley the chance. And it, had they been as good at pressing or pressing as hard as we press, I think maybe we would have been in trouble. But they weren't doing that, and so we were mostly able to to get out of it. But um, I, I'm trying to think: like, is there was there anything else in the first half that really stood out to you that needed to be? Uh, discussed or was it, I mean, besides the two goals and then us kind of, you know, coming back into it after, after the, the freak goal we gave away, was that kind of, was that kind of it? Uh, I think that on the whole, yeah, pretty much it. The only one thing I know it it kind of sounds a bit sour grapes, but um, yeah, I thought not just the first half throughout and I've thought it before. I think that's the second time we've had him officiate a game. Simon Hooper is, yeah, he, um, yeah, I don't rate him. I'll put it that way. Um, that's nicely, putting it nicely. Um, yeah, no, I mean, particularly second half with the, uh, and it's jumping ahead a little bit, but 
you know the the time wasting um you know he really should have stamped his foot down put some put some authority on it um to try and stamp that out he didn't um quite a few times there were fouls from Burnley. there was one from jack cork that looked pretty oh, that was on J- J- james Moore prowse yes yes yeah, yeah that i mean how on earth he's got away with that you know it's not even a booking I, I'll, I'll never know but yeah i think i think that was only the the second game that he's taken charge of, um, second Saints game anyway. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I just don't think he's very consistent to be honest with you. I think he's putting it nicely. Yeah. Well, I almost think that more of these guys are getting chance because see, you like your dog. I was going to start singing who let the dogs out, but he's not, he's not my favorite, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, some of these guys are going to be getting chances because we have guys now in the VAR room that are sitting there and they have this in their ear. And I think sometimes when you have a, yeah, I think I'll, we'll get to this more when we get to the, the, the handball incident. Like if the VAR official says no goal, then that, that official on the field, if you're new and you're the, you're not, you know, a consistent Premier League referee, you're probably not overruling him. And I think that that's always going to be an issue, but um, anyway, we'll, we'll get to it, but, um, just, just jumping back to the very end of the first half. Um, yeah, we just, we absolutely dominated possession Yeah, you know, 61% possession for us. Um, you know, and, and just, but only one more shot than Burnley. And so like that, that is the frustrating part. And, and I don't think we had all that many more shots on, on, on target, even during that time, it was just one of those things. I think actually Burnley had more shots on target during than us than we did during the first half. So, um, but yes. Uh, and, and I guess as you move towards the second half, um, as you said, that, that, that challenge from, from Cork on James Ward-Prowse, I was just a little bit worried that it was going to be, you know, I, I don't want to see Ward-Prowse, I don't want to see that cut get opened up again. And I'm, so, I'm really surprised he's actually back. Uh, didn't miss a single game. And that's something that I was, uh, you know, you just, you just hope that it stays closed and he stays healthy. But uh, it's nice to see him back on the pitch. But um, I would have, I would have. You know, that's a former teammate or, you know, maybe he was a youth player when he was there, but you, you hope, you know, it just seemed like a terrible tackle to, to put in on somebody that you, you probably at least have a, you, you know, somewhat, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, quite, um, surprising actually. Uh, yeah, I, I was always a very big fan of Jack Court when he was, when he was with Saints, he had two spells at Saints and yeah, and it was really, really good, really sad to see him go, but yeah, no, I, I never really, that was never really something that I, um, you know, attributed to. Jack Court, I didn't really think he was that kind of player, but you know, maybe it was just a sort of rush of blood to the head kind of situation. But yeah, I mean, regardless of who's an excellent player or not, it's a, it's a booking all day. Yeah. All, yeah. A bit long. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that, that Burnley came out in the second half and started a little bit better um, than, they, than they were in the first. Um, and then that goal from Vidra just, it kind of it came out of nowhere. And for a guy who hasn't scored, uh, in the Premier League in, in over 18 months, um, it sure looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, got to give it to him. Unfortunately, it's a fantastic piece of skill, great finish. Um, the only thing I will say is, obviously, the, the fact that I, I thought the defending was atrocious in that in that instance, you know, to allow him to, you know, sort of back in and, and spin off and get a shot away, you know, you just, if you're going to do that at the Premier League level, then you'll, you will be punished. Um, and I mean, I, I was saying to Dad as well, it's, it's, it's absolutely sod's law. You know, when, when Chris Wood went off, I thought sort of, you know, side really, uh, of side relief. Um, the, the fact that he'd gone because, you know, he can cause you a lot of problems aerially, physically. Um, and then it just so happens that it's his replacement that comes on the scores their winner. Um, so, yeah, you can't win sometimes. But, yeah, no, great goal. But, yeah, again, we, we afforded him way too much space. And, yeah. Punished. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you look at our defending and and think we we should have learned from mistakes like this already, and and then and then we get beat by by a guy who I probably won't score the rest of the season, you know. And it's just like welcome to welcome to Southampton. Here's your goal, you know. Get make yourself feel good. Um, yeah. And then I don't know. Like after that, I'm kind of just wondering for 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 you sitting in the stands. Did it look like we were going to come back into it? Because I, I, I kind of thought the best part of the game for us had already gone, and we didn't really look like we were going to be um, kind of moving moving forward. Uh, I don't know, but it just it didn't really seem like to me like we were we had it in us uh, in that second half. It seemed like Burnley were were maybe taking the the better of the chances and and just kind of being on top a little bit more than they were in in the first half. And so I mean, was there? 
you always hold out hope, but was there like a tangible, do you see something on the pitch during that time or was it just kind of just, just Burnley's going to just grind this one out? Yeah, no, I think more, more of the latter, I think is fair. Um, yeah, I was, I was concerned. Um, I, I was obviously worried initially, um, when, when they grabbed the lead, I thought, oh no, you know, it's Burnley. They're not bad defensively, um, on their day. Um, we've got, you know, Ben Mee, Tarkovsky, big centre halves, um, that can do a job. Um, and I thought, you know, they're not going to relinqu- relinquish the lead. They did. And I thought, well, they're not going to do it again. Um, and now we, we look pretty clueless to be honest with you. Um, lackadaisical, I think, um, one word I would use. Um, yeah, not, not urgent enough. Um, very, it seemed very sideways, weren't really penetrating. Um, but when, you know, obviously, um, Gineppo came on, um, but I, I don't know whether he's been told this or not, but, you know, he's pacey. Um, he's, he's, he, I know he's obviously raw, young, but he is pacey. He can sometimes come up with that bit of magic that you need to turn a game. But, uh, you know, every time he, he got the ball, rather than taking his man on down the byline, he would just come inside and, you know, dump the ball off to one of the midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty frustrating. See, later on, we brought on, you know, Obafemi. And I feel for Shea Adams because I do, I do rate him. He's just obviously dying out for a goal, really. But, yeah. um, you know, but it's bring him on with, what, five minutes? You know, it's not really giving him a, you know, much of a prayer, to be honest with you. And, yeah, it was, it was kind of you know, desperation, wasn't it? I think we ended with three, three strikers on the pitch, but yeah. not... Not any of the subs really like um, affecting the result, and yeah, it was it was only going to go one way at that point, really. Yeah. Well, when Obafemi comes on, obviously there's a there's a change of formation because he comes on for Kyle Walker Peters, and and I do want to like just pause here and and talk about him a little bit because um, obviously this is the first match he's actually eligible to play for. I think given you know when he came and we had to play Tottenham in the FA Cup, and you couldn't do you couldn't play against them, so. Um, you know, what did you make? I mean, he's he's a decent player. He hasn't played a lot this season, but you would think coming from Spurs, the mentality and stuff should be, you know, kind of similar. And, and you hope he's out to prove that he can play a little bit so he can maybe earn a, a spot, whether it's back there or move somewhere else. Um, but what did you make of his his kind of first, first showing as a saint? I saw some people not super happy with him, but I, I thought, you know, I didn't see him I don't know. I didn't feel like he made any huge mistakes. I just thought he was he was okay. And given it's your first game uh, in the Premier League in some time, given it's your first game at home and in those conditions against um, you know a, a Burnley side, we're going to be super physical. I didn't I didn't really think he did all that badly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, I think to you know sort of hang him out to dry so soon is is very harsh. Um, yeah, steady performance. I think nothing you know nothing particularly brilliant that he did. Um, you know. Got forward a couple of times. Crossing wasn't great from memory, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's his first performance. Um, thought at times he might have looked a bit sort of out of place, um, but then again, you know, he's not been with us long. He's still probably learning the system. Um, you know, it's a big moment for him, like you said. Um, sort of, you know, just throwing back into playing again for a new club, new surroundings. Not the greatest uh, day weather-wise, of course. So. Yeah, no, I think I think he'll come good. Um, he's obviously he's been at Tottenham, so he's obviously got something on him to you know in him to to be at a club of that stature. Um, but yeah, I think early days. I think when he gets more acclimatized with the system and, and his teammates, um, we'll we'll see you know the best out of him. Yeah, uh, not a great day as you mentioned passing the ball for him, but he has time to to kind of acclimate to the system and the team and. Um, you know, Jan Valerie still, I don't even think was on the bench today. So that, that just means that it, it looks like it will be Kyle Walker Peters going forward, which I think will be good. As long as I think, as long as we have some consistency, that's when we have been our best is when it's the, a similar team, a similar tactic, a similar approach. And we, we've kind of found that groove. And, um, when Obafemi comes on, uh, we, we moved to a three, four, two, one. And, and I thought that there was a, a chance there for him to maybe have earned a foul, um, moving at, at one point, but I also thought he was maybe looking for it a little bit, but I had written down just, you know, it was another decision by the referee that I didn't really agree with. But then I think we get to the one where we really have to be upset a little bit, or maybe not. Maybe it's, uh, maybe I'm just being biased because I, I want the, I want the penalty given, but uh, did that happen in front of you at the, at this point, the, the handball from Ben Mee and, and were you surprised it wasn't given? Uh, yeah. On, um, on first, um, first view, uh, I thought it was Stonewall um, as did many, um, judging by some of the uh, choice language used, um, 
but yeah, no, I, I, I really did think um, that, you know, especially when it went to VAR, I thought we were um, certain to be given a penalty. Um, so I was quite shocked when it was um, obviously not awarded. Um, was, you know, that, that obviously looked like a good way back in, about the only way we were going to get back into it, I think. Um, but yeah, it wasn't given, so it wasn't to be, but no, frust- frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was a little bit frustrated at that point, but also I think I was just frustrated at everything, and so the, that was only going to add to it. Um, but I thought for sure when it went to VAR that we were going to be given that, and then it didn't happen. I was like, well, what do I do now? Um, because I, I, I thought that it would happen. I, but I, I guess to be completely honest, if that's given against a defender, it is harsh because he's not trying. You know, he's trying to get his hand out of the way. He's just, you know, it, it is what it is. But it. And when it goes against you, it's a little rough because you want uh, you want the calls to go your way. Because I wanted us to get something from this game, but um, you know, go, having gone and checked the uh, the XG, I, I don't really think we probably deserved it. Um, to be completely honest, um, I think what did I have? I have it written down here somewhere. Um, yeah, we had a, an XG of 0.48 uh, to 0.90. So we we really maybe we didn't deserve to get anything from it, but I thought we would have played. I thought we were a little bit better than that, but it, it, the numbers say otherwise. So uh, it, it is what it is. But um, after that, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what, what else happened other than Obafemi looked like he elbowed somebody in the face. Uh, Bargely looked like he was tough enough to get on with it. And he did. Um, and then I just have written down here that J rod looks like he spent a lot of time backpacking through Spain um, and now calls it Barcelona. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know what else did you see the rest of the match that maybe stood out to you. Um, yeah, no, not not a lot more in all honesty. Um, just a, a lot of frustration. Uh, it's just it's a cliche, but it just seemed to be one of those days that we were we could still be there now and we still wouldn't have got back in the game. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, it was it was set up perfectly for Burnley to come and get a, you know, uh, well for them a great smash and grab win really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we weren't up to the races um, and yeah, it's just, just how they like it really for, um, you know, playing their brand of football and yeah, playing to their strengths and coming and doing a job on us. And yeah, they are quickly becoming a bogey team. I, I would say the only real other chance we had, uh, Pope came up with a nice, a nice save. I think he just put his chest in the way um, and, uh, you know, set up, set up tall, made the save and that was, that was it. But once again, I don't, I'm not really sure we, we really did deserve it. I think, the the one thing I have typed here in my notes is towards the end of the match, it just seemed like we just needed to put the ball in the box and we weren't doing it. it uh, the ball was going back to the goalkeeper with, you know, less than a minute left in the match. And we, we were not just, I think we, we, it was just frustrating that we weren't putting the ball in the box because it, it kind of feels like that's what you do at that point. You know, you don't, you, you don't really have time to try to pick teams apart. Um, you got to find a way just to, to cause havoc and wreak havoc and with the weather and everything else. Um, that's what we would have been hoping for, and it just didn't happen. And that, I think, for me, was also frustrating. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, there's one, um, as you've said that, it just sort of um, brought something back. Uh, there's there's one particular chance I remember from Armstrong where it sort of sat up for him on the edge of the area, and you're just thinking, you know, just just keep it down, you know, fire it through. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be on target. Just fire it through, you know, see of legs. It might take a deflection and go in, but, you, you know, typically just went ahead and blazed it straight over the bar when you need anything but that. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, just fire a few balls into the box, you know, might come off of Adam's backside and be the, just the lift he needs to get him going. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, rather than just aimlessly sideways passing, it's just, it's not going to get you anywhere. Right. Right. Um, and I think this just shows again, like we play so much better when, when teams are going to try to keep the ball in the deck and play through us and, and it allows us to kind of disrupt that. And, and I think we, we thrive in those moments where other teams are in transition and we can then take advantage of them being out of position. And, and, and we, we weren't able to do that today. Burnley were, 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 were compact and smart in how they kind of defended once they got the lead and, and you just, you know, they did their job and we had got to give them a little bit of credit, I guess. But, um, you know, eight losses at home, I think this season, uh, I think that's the worst in the league. Uh, Burnley have done the double over us, which is not anything I want to say out loud ever again. Um, and, and you look at our away form and you just think about how, how, how great we've been, um, yeah, picking up points in the road and then you look at, at home and, and still under, under the last, I think four managers, it's been, it's been awful, uh, attending home matches for, for those of you who are there each and every week. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. So it's strange. You go back sort of way, way back into the, 
you know, such times when we um, played at the Dell, uh, it always used to be a fortress, you know, real tight to the pitch, uh, intimidating atmosphere. Uh, you know, it was, it was always renowned for being a place that particularly like the, you know, the bigger clubs hated to come to because they knew what sort of day they were in for. Um, but yeah, St. St. Mary's is just, well, not currently anyway, it's not, not the same. And, it, you know, we seem to perform better away from home. I, I guess the pressure's off somewhat. Um, I guess away, uh, playing away sort of suits our um, set up as well somewhat. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting to the point now where I don't know whether we can sort of go ground share somewhere else and elect to play, you know, constantly away from home. Because I think then, you know, we'd be up in the pressing on to the uh, Champions League places, especially with the city's um, embargo that's seen going to come into play. Yeah, yeah, that, that seemed to be some news. And uh, that was one of those things where I had students raising their hand asking, like, what happened to Manchester City? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I would gladly teach you about this. This is great. Uh, we're going to turn this into economics and how not to lie and cheat. Uh, yeah, more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, then the kids also pointed out that I'm an Astros fan and the Astros lied and cheated their way to a championship as well. So, um, you know, <laughs> we'll, I, I, I'm not going to defend them because they, what they did is wrong. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I think, that, I think that does it for the match. I think kind of the, 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 the less said about it the better. Um, and I just think it, obviously moving forward, uh, more Claret and Blue next week with Aston Villa coming to town. So we'll have to deal with them. But, you know, you hope that we can just put this behind us and and move through it. And hopefully we keep the the, the Jack Grealish worldies to a to a minimum and we can we can get a win out of next week. Yeah, uh, you, you would hope so. I mean, they're, um, you know, fighting for their lives. Um, and they, they've got a chance, of course they have. But, yeah, no, I'm hoping so. It's, it's weird that you just said it as well. It's weird how it's failed that we're playing um, the three flat and blue clubs in a row because we've got West Ham after that as well. Uh -huh. um, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, we, we performed really well up at, at Villa in December. That was one of our most impressive displays, actually. It was... Um, I was talking to the the reporter from the Guardian earlier, and he he was at that game also, um, and he expressed how how impressed he was with us that day. So hopefully we can replicate that performance and and you know get a, get a double done this season because that that'd be nice too. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, so before we go, uh, I do have one question. It came from one of the patrons of the show, and it it, it goes back to you and your dad. Uh, so it says just uh, it's from Christian Candler. Uh, who's one of the patrons of the show and he gets uh, him and the rest of the patrons get priority for having their questions answered each and every week. Uh, they also get access to a private chat and the $5 a month patrons get an extra podcast episode per month. Uh, Christian says, it's probably always a great time commenting to your father when we were winning, but was there ever a moment when you really struggled to find the words during our poor run of form? So I don't know if he's referring to earlier this season or, or seasons past, but uh, I guess what's the most difficult moment you've had to kind of explain to your dad uh, what's happened? Uh, I guess I guess go with this season, or if there's something that stands out from before that, you can you can talk about that as well. Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, yeah, thinking about there's obviously as a Saints fan, there's been many. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm thinking back to many years ago. It was our first first season back in the Premier League. We um, travelled up to Arsenal, um, and yeah, we got thoroughly thumped six one. Uh, I think it was four one. At half time, Danny Fox scored from memory right in half time was a little consolation for us. But yeah, that that was pretty difficult. Um, but yeah, it's been there's been many, many, many occasions. Uh, it's hard to think of them all in all honesty, but um, <laughs> which is quite sad. But anyway, I always still support them. That's what counts. Um, but yeah, no, there's uh, you know there's been times where obviously when we go to the the away grounds um, that'll be given a radio. But the only thing is that the commentary is very much biased towards the home team um, and there's been times where we've been you know completely thumped and you know he's just turned it off and thought that's it i'm not i'd rather hear nothing um yeah. you can sign you can kind of pick up on what's happening by the reaction of the home crowd anyway um and then i'll see those those times where it doesn't quite go to plan um pretty much a silent awkward drive home from from st mary's as well so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's surprising and probably quite silly, really. But yeah, the impact it has upon people's lives, definitely us anyway. Yeah, it's it's pretty staggering. Well, like, I mean, when I was younger, my dad used to have to kind of like I'd watch the game and my dad would have to kind of explain what's happening, you know, and then sometimes he would be so upset by what had happened on the pitch. Like, I didn't want to talk to him in the car. Like, I didn't want him to say anything. I didn't want to ask a question. Um, 
and our drive home was often like three hours. So it was like, well, I just, I won't, I won't ask to go to the bathroom the whole <laughs> way home. I'll just sit here. Cause I don't want to, I don't want him to be upset with me. Um, so I can imagine at some point, like if you get frustrated with what's happening on the pitch, like it's hard not to just go like to kind of just yell it to your dad. And that's, you know, uh, does that happen to you ever? Or are you, you able to kind of hold it off? Um, no, it definitely happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Emotion gets the better of you. Sometimes you just completely forget yourself. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's, you know, I can, the emotion I see with my dad, I can see it written all over his face when we've lost. Yeah. Face of thunder. Don't say anything um, out of line. <laughs> in uh in fear of getting your head chewed off so yeah um obviously thankfully obviously not today but it has um swung a bit um to the you know positive side of life recently which is good yeah uh, but yeah the, the start of the season was very tough um yeah not not a lot of joy we have this thing as well um where every time saints win um we on on the drive home we will stop off at a, a supermarket and pick up what we call celebration beers um and yeah at the start of the season we we pretty much become teetotal um so thankfully now we've um yeah we've started to enjoy a couple of beers again because saints are actually you know turning up every now and then and getting some results yeah but yeah, yeah. That's, that's another little um habit of ours that's that's good that's what you need to do I, 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 that, that sounds good, but it's not quite time for me to do that yet. Um, so I still got to pretend to be a, a dad at some point, uh, today. So, um, <laughs> you know, a little bit, a little bit of responsibility still left for today, but that's okay. Um, but anyway, Dan, do you have anything else you want to add or, uh, you know, uh, once again, the links to, um, to donate are in the show notes to the just giving page and you'll be auctioning awesome stuff as well. And I'll try to remember to, to spread that around and, um, and yeah, I just want to say thanks for, for coming on the show, but if there's anything else you'd like to share, um, you, you feel free to do it. If not, uh, people can find you on Twitter. Um, let's see. Can I remember? No, I can't, but I have it written down cause that's what I do. You're at Dan Jarvis SFC 91 on Twitter and at rather be a scummer than a skate 91 on Twitter or sorry, on Instagram. And then your dad is on Twitter at Steve Jarvis SFC seven. So um, you can go there and, and follow along and links, like I said, are in the show notes. Um, so yeah, so th- thanks, man. Yeah, no problem at all. No, that's um, that's great. And thanks, thanks for having me. Always, always a pleasure. And yeah, always happy to come on. Yeah, hopefully next time we have a. I don't, I don't think you've been on after a win yet, so we'll have to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna um, obviously stop getting the invites soon. No, no, no. Well, see, there <laughs> nobody. There's a lot of people who haven't never been on after a win. Um, but those are the ones that always seem to be, you know. Uh, if you sign up for a, for a tough game, then we, at least we know. But I think you, when we signed up for Burnley today, I thought, you know, we can really do this. We're we're playing a lot better, but it just didn't happen. So <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> next time, well, well, it just means next time we'll be the first, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. That's third time lucky. That's the only way you can look at it. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dan, thanks a lot, man, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll do. Thank you. that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Dan Jarvis. You can find him on Twitter at DanJarvisSFC91 and on Instagram at RatherBeAScummerThanEscape91. His dad, Steve, is on Twitter at SteveJarvisSFC7. Links to those are in the show notes as well as the links to the charities they are raising money for, uh, Blind Veterans and the Blue Cross Animal Shelter of Southampton. Uh, you can find links to those and to the Just Giving page in the show notes below. In addition to that, Dan spoke about auctioning off some jerseys and some kits that he's getting uh, from the teams all around England. Uh, You can find those by visiting his Twitter. They are also on eBay, so keep up to date with that if you are interested in taking home any of those shirts. All of the proceeds for those go to those two charities as well. So uh, big thanks to Dan for everything that he's doing, and special thanks to him and Steve for uh, sharing time with me in the past, and of course to Dan for this week as well. Now, I know we didn't win this week, but that's okay. That's just kind of how it goes. If you'd like to get in touch with the show and let us know how you feel, uh, you can do that. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SFCDELL underscore I-V-E-R-Y on both Twitter and Instagram. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. If you want to send the show an email, it's SouthamptonDelivery at gmail.com. And you can find links to all of those on the show website, SouthamptonDelivery.com. When you visit, you can sign up for the newsletter that comes out each and every Friday. You can click the links to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. uh, And that makes it just about as easy as possible for you to get in touch, uh, to make sure you listen and all of that stuff. So I appreciate everything that everybody has done, including leaving reviews, which really do help spread the show to new people. 
thank our partners, the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find them at the Southampton page on Twitter and on Instagram at Southampton page one. There are links to those, of course, in the show notes. Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram does the logo for the show, and all music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. Patrons of the show have priority for having their questions answered each and every week, and the $5 a month patrons will be getting an extra podcast episode midweek ahead of hosting Villa this weekend. So uh, thank you all for listening. Look forward to talking to you again next week. And until next time, remember that together, we march on. Were you convinced that it was a handball, or did you? Were you? Do you understand why it wasn't given, or or, or am I being uh, kind of, uh, I guess, too partial to the Saints because I want that? I want that given. Oh no, I lost you. I lost him. Poppy, that is a fantastic hat. Why are you shushing me? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.